This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life, with your host students from Nate's Radio and Television Program. My real name is Rob Patrick, Pepper is a nickname that I got when I was a kid. And then for some reason I had a boss along the way that said, you go with Pepper. And I said, all right, whatever, I want a job, then all right, cool. But I'm actually curious, uh, during your childhood, where did the uh, the Pepper nickname come from? Uh, um, it's stupid, uh, but all nicknames are stupid, I guess. I was, um, I used to wear a red sweatshirt all the time. I don't know why. I was hooked on this stupid sweatshirt, this Wind River sweatshirt. And I used to wear it all the time. I wore it so much. I loved it so much that I ended up, I have, I have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So I would, I had to have all of these red sweatshirts. I had to have all of the sweatshirts. So... I wore a red sweatshirt every day, and my friends used to say I looked like a big old red pepper, and that's how it came. Just, <laughs> here comes the big pepper, and that's that's what happened. And uh, how long have you been in Radio Radio Pepper? Uh, I ju- on November second would have been my twenty first year. And uh, how did you get started in radio? Where where was uh, uh, did you did you go to school for it, or did you just sort yeah. of jump onto yeah, it? Yeah, like you guys, like you guys. I went to school. I worked in. Um, I went to school in Lethbridge. Um, I, um, I I didn't want to do radio. I didn't. I didn't even think about radio as an opportunity. Remember when I was a kid, I thought it was cool, but like I never thought about it as a thing. I was a big sports fan. I wanted to write long form sports articles, journalists, like magazines, right? Magazine articles. Like, um, yeah, yeah, like uh, like Sports Illustrated, that sort of thing, right? So I wanted to do that, and um, I applied for a print journalism program, and it was full. So they said, you know, they said, we're full, but we take the, um, the, bro- the, the broadcast journalism, TV and radio, and I said, well, yeah, sure, I guess, why not? I mean, my options were pretty limited at the time. I could either go away to school or work at a Walmart. So, you know, you know so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. And it just kind of, I just kind of went with the flow. I kind of liked it. I liked it. Truthfully, I liked how easy it was. I liked, <laughs> I liked um, how um, freeform it was, you know, how improv-based it was. And I just kind of went from there. So did you, did you uh, sort of quickly fall in love with radio or was it more an acquired taste? You know, I think I, I think that I don't I don't love radio. I think it's a love hate relationship they have with radio. I think anything that I think anything that's as improv based and creative based as radio is or television. Is, well, television's not creative though. That's for that. Like they, it's not. Uh, radio's creative. Radio's improv based because like you've got you've got nothing but blank in front of you, right? So you have to improv your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I, I think that you, you just inherently have a natural love-hate relationship with what you do because you can screw up as much as you can do a good job at any moment, right? Like, when you guys are on the air, at any second, you can totally screw up. And you can hate yourself for screwing up, or you can do a great job, and you can love yourself for doing a great job. So I've never, I wouldn't say I'd ever loved radio. I've never fallen in love with radio. I think I've, I think I've just fallen in love with the fact that I'm never going to be I'm never going to to be the success that I want to be, right? Like, you're constantly always trying to get better and improve yourself and hate yourself for, do, like, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 
it's it's a performance thing far more than television. All the other mediums aren't as performance based as I think radio. So, what is your uh, favorite part about radio broadcasting? Um, I think it's the what's the favorite part. I think it's the it's it's the 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 fun the the irresponsibility of it. I think, like, I think that if you're in, if you're in all these other forms, you have this responsibility. You have this, and it's a, such a like a faux responsibility, right? Like this journalistic responsibility, or this, this, this. Uh, this you know, you, there's a dignity to print. There's a dignity to television news. There's no dignity to radio, right? Like you can be a, a an idiot, or you can be as serious as you want, and it can change from moment to moment. And I think that I think that I enjoy just. I think no other form of broadcast that still exists, of traditional broadcast that still exists, gives you the ability to be yourself, like radio does. Because nobody's nobody's just one thing, right? You know what I mean? Like nobody's just. Um, I'm always the the serious guy. I'm always the funny guy, or I'm always the serious guy. Like everybody, you know, everybody's just shades of gray, and. and you know, nobody's a, a black and white character. So I think the radio gives you that option to be gray more than any other form. Okay, cool. And uh, what was your most proud moment of your career in radio? Most proud of it? Jeez, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good one. Good for you. You guys asked a good one. Um, <laughs> Thank you. No, you know. Um, Jeez. I don't know. I've I've always found it. I mean, it's it's a feather in your cap when you get offered jobs as opposed to applying for jobs. You know, when you're just kind of humming along, doing your own, minding your own business, or doing your own thing, and um, and out of nowhere, you know, a program director or a, 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 a programming director will 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 contact you and. And say like, "Hey, are you interested in coming to do this job or that job?" That's happened to me. I think I'm I'm fortunate that uh, that's happened to me several times in my career for different jobs. So I think I, I think that's a proud moment because it makes you realize that you you know you're you're doing something that's catching people's attention and you're you're drawing that attention to the point where you don't even have to kind of tug on their shirt sleeve to say, "Hey, look at me, look at me!" Like they're looking at you and you didn't even try and get their attention. So I guess you can't help but be proud about that. Be careful, though. Don't let it get to your head, though, right? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so you mentioned before that um, part of the radio industry, it's good and the bad because it kind of always drives you to be creative, and creativity in yeah. any kind of industry is always, like, creative-based, like, performance-based. It's always kind of got a dark side to it. So, um, Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's 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 tricky, right? Like it's not even an industry related, right? Because uh-huh. like industry related, you can you can you can walk away from it at the end of the day. But when it's when it's something to, like here's the deal, right? Like if, so, if I I finish the month, like today, ironically or coincidentally, not ironically, but coincidentally, like today was the day that we get our ratings report for the month of October. So if I'm doing something like sales. And I get some sort of rating report card on how the sales of my product performed. Well, and it didn't perform well. I can say, well, the product's a piece of shit or a piece of crap, right? 
And, and, and then you'd be like, okay, well, the product's no good. Like, I sell jigsaw puzzles. Uh, well, nobody's buying jigsaw puzzles right now. Okay. So it's a reflection of the jigsaw puzzle market or the, the, the quality of the jigsaw puzzle, whatever it might be. But when you're being rated on the, the content that you're creating on your own, on your own, and the, the observations and the improv and the dialogue and the, the, the conversation that you're trying to create on your own, and you're being judged on that and on your own personal reflections and observations and opinions and stories, et cetera, et cetera, then your rating of your product is based solely on you. So if you think about how that can bite you in the ass just as far as from an ego kick in the teeth, if the rating isn't good, it's almost like if you, if, if you don't think about it from a, from a balanced point of view, you can look at it and say, well, Jesus, nobody likes me. Nobody likes what I, I'm, I'm not doing a good job because I'm putting myself out there. I'm being as personal and vulnerable as possible and people aren't liking it. So you think about putting that on the line every single day of your career for what are we doing? 21 years and putting that on the line every single day. I mean, it can be a kick in the, kick in the ass, right? Or it can be the, like the highs and lows, man, of a good rating report card or the highs and lows of this job are like nothing else. Like when it's high and your rating report card is in and you knew, you know, you do a show that is reflective of your own personality. Like that's as high as you can get. People like me. They really, really like me. Right. But conversely, if it's bad, like, Holy man, you, you can't get much lower than that. So yeah, the highs and lows dude are, it takes a lot to live with that. And that's, I think that that more than the competitive nature, more than, the difficulty in, in position availability, I think that more than anything is what drives people to get out of radio and find something a little less, I don't know, personally vulnerable. Yeah, so like when you're on air and your ratings come in and they could be good or bad, that really entails to really like your self-worth because it's such a part of you, your content that you're creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like think of it this way. Think you're on a stage, right? And not like a stand-up comedy club, but you're on a stage and you're telling a story, the most vulnerable story of your life, like the day that your your little sister got cancer, let's say, right? And you're telling the story as best as you can. And it is a story directly related to you and the emotions you were feeling and the hardships you were going through at the time. But people in the audience were getting up and walking out. And think about how that would feel, right? And you have to live with that because you're not telling the story enough to keep those people in the seat. And try living with it every single day, right? And you can, you can understand how, how hard that can be. But think about it the other way, where you're telling a story, the same story, and people are actually coming in from outside because they want to hear the story. And then, so that's the, that's the juggle every single day. So how do you deal with that sort of uh, emotional I don't know. turbulence? I don't, I don't know. It's been 21 years. I don't know. There are days I come home, you guys, like... I, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to leave to go to work the next day. If it's been a bad day, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'll never, see, the difference is I will never see somebody leave that stage, right? I will never see somebody leave that audience. I will just have the assumption, because I didn't like what I heard in my ear, that people left or that people came or whatever it might be. So I can only go on my own self-defeatist kind of attitude. And there are days I don't want to get out of bed to go to work the next day. But then there are days where I can't wait to get out of bed the next day. How do you live with it? I don't know. You guys figure it out. You tell me. You're the next generation. You tell me. 
Because I don't know. It's awful. But it's amazing at the same time. And that's why, like, I don't know how long radio is going to be around and you guys are interested in it. Do it, man. Do it. Because the rush is crazy. Um, well, Pepper, you said you've been in radio for about 21 years. How have you seen yeah. the industry change in that time? Because we, we know it's changed drastically. But from a firsthand perspective... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's changed on different levels. Like the business, the business model has changed completely. Now it's more about, see, when I, when I first came up, I was, I was working at radio stations, but they were only allowed to own one FM and one AM in every market. And now they're allowed to do two and two. And I was around when it went from one and one to two and two. And it's, it, that changed it a lot. Um, and I think, I think now it's about just, or it kind of moved quickly to just, you know, own as many stations in a market as you can, own as many number one or top rated stations in a market as you can. But now, like, look at that. Like, it's, and look at, what, what is it, Virgin Radio and, and Bell, CTV, and, and pushing this iHeartRadio thing, man. Like, they, they don't even give a crap about their local radio revenue. Like, they just care about pushing this app and pushing online listening. And, 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 and I think that's where we're going. We're going to online listening. I always, when people ask me about the industry moving forward, I, I caution everybody who wants to be a radio personality, never, ever, ever to be in the position where they're relying on playing eight songs an hour. Like I used to coming up, like playing eight to 12 songs an hour. Like, man, people get their music from every other source before they get it from radio now. So to think that you can, oh, shoot, this break isn't going well. I better bail out and play a Justin Bieber song. Man, people have heard that Justin Bieber song a thousand times before you play it. Music isn't saving the industry. Music's actually going to hurt the industry. So you got to be a—you better be a damn good storyteller, man. If you're not a good storyteller or a conversation or an interviewer, right? If you can't—if you can't get a guy that's been doing radio for 21 years to say they don't know how to get out of bed some days, if you can't get a guy to say that, then you're in trouble. But you guys got a guy to say that. So you know, keep looking for that stuff. Keep looking for the stories and the and the vulnerabilities. And less about the songs and the commercials and the production. That's dead. How would you equate our market to markets like around Canada? It's um, it has been and it always will be. I, I remember like I've been here ten years, but um, even before I was here, like it, it's always been by far the most competitive market. It's always been looked at as a competitive market. Edmonton used to be way back in the day, long before I was doing it. Right, like thirty years ago. Edmonton used to be like the farm team market. Edmonton and Winnipeg were always the farm team markets for Toronto and Hamilton. And, or sorry, Toronto and uh, Vancouver, I should say. And um, so what they would do is they would send all their guys that they think had ability to Edmonton and Winnipeg. And that's where guys would kind of, and Calgary to an extent too, and they would kind of hone their skills and kind of sit there on the farm team and wait to get called up. And um, it's not that way anymore, but I think that what happened is that created an, an expectation with the general population and the audience in Edmonton for good quality broadcast content, whether it's radio or television, because it works in television the same way. And so now that the, the audience in Edmonton, I've found in all the places I've worked, they, um, they gravitate towards media a lot more than they do in other cities. And they expect a lot more. They expect to be entertained on a higher level. They expect a lot more out of their radio and out of their television consumption. and But in exchange, they're much more loyal to it. Like in Calgary, people aren't watching radio or aren't watching TV or listening to radio nearly as much as they are here because I think Edmonton has been brought up on high radio quality. Um, 
So I would always say that Edmonton's far more competitive than any other market in the city. I think per capita, we have far more radio stations. And I think that the audience expectation is for a higher quality. So those three things combined make Edmonton a pretty good city to be in, but difficult too. All right. And to kind of wrap all what you've been saying up is what yeah, advice? Yeah, I've been talking a lot. Oh, no, whatever, not a problem. This has been perfect. Rip, so it's been perfect. It's been perfect. Um, so I'm wondering what advice do you have for people that are just starting to break into radio? Be a great storyteller. It's, it's as simple as that. Like it's, it's as simple, but as hard as that, like the, you know, be a great storyteller. It's pretty hard. It's four words, but it means a ton. People listen to stories. You guys, uh, people don't listen to information people don't listen to statistics people don't listen to interesting little facts people listen to stories that affect their emotions so they don't have to be about them i can tell you a long ass story about uh i mean you name it right about like this weird of my wife and i separated because there was an affair but we got back together because love conquers all and i can tell you that story for 26 minutes and people will listen to that but they won't listen to a stat about the voter turnout for the uh, election on Tuesday night for three minutes. So story, story, story. Learn to find the interesting in a story. Learn to find the emotion in a story. Learn to find the feelings in a story. You know, relate the scent, the smell, the taste, the colors, the feelings, all of that. And tell your story. Take as much time as you want to tell a story. Don't ever feel rushed to tell a story. And people will listen if it's a good story. And, 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 and if I can add this, always be honest. Never lie to your audience. All right. So that, this has actually been a super great interview. Like got all our points check marked off. It has been a good. great time interviewing you. Okay. Talk to you later. Have a good weekend. You just listened to an episode of the off mic podcast produced by Nate radio and television students. Catch other episodes on Podbeam, iTunes and NR92 on SoundCloud.